You're listening to Inside of You with Michael Rosenbaum. Boom. Good start to a year, Ryan. I agree. You know, it's been a little stressful, but uh, I'm taking things in stride more this year. I think, you know, I was having an anxiety attack a little bit like this morning in bed thinking of all these things. And I said, stop. I just couldn't deal with it right then. So it's like, if you can't control it, you can't just get, fuck off. Shelve it, man. Shelve it. And I, I tend to do that. And it's like, that was the old me. And I was like, no, you're not going to freak out. You know what? You're going to go for a walk. You're going to get up, drink some water. You're going to meditate. And you're going to go for a walk. And I feel better. It's just logic. It's science. It's just like, get your body going. Get your brain turned off a little. Get distracted. Do you think you get distracted a lot? In what way? I mean, you, you know, you have a lot on your plate. Like, you know, if I look at things in perspective, Ryan, you know, you're a guy who's very talented, who's very funny. And keep going. Well, I will. But like, you know, things happen at different times for people. Yeah. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Like I, I could picture you as a huge successful story, uh, you know, having your own show, doing whatever. You keep going until something just clicks. It's like the universe, right? Yeah. So you work your ass off and you're like, I'm sure you sit there sometimes and you're like going, all right, when am I, when is this going to, you know, one of these uh, folks going to be more appreciative? When am I, when is this going to turn into some gold? When is this going to, so you keep all these plates spinning. No, for sure, yeah. So is that, how do you deal with that? How do you deal with, like, stress and going, okay, because, uh, you know, you're not a millionaire, or you're not, you're like, you know, you... Well, you're, you're, <laughs> wouldn't that be fun if I was a secret millionaire? Engineer. What a life. The millionaire engineer. No, yeah, no, I got a lot of plates spinning right now. This is one of many things that I'm doing, and, uh, yeah, it, it, it kind of feels like, a lot of the times it just sort of feels like, I don't know if you ever had a drill like this. Did you ever play football? Yep. Uh, like when, you know, those drills where like, you're just supposed to run through a bunch of guys and they're just sort of hitting you with like the little, the little bags. <laughs> yeah. It just sort of feels like it's just a constant stream of that. And like every, every now and again, you get like a little, you know, you hit a little, uh, a clear patch, but then like someone comes out of nowhere and just like hits you. It's like a gentle little nudge, but it's enough yeah. to knock you off your feet and go like, fuck, when is this going to stop? It's like, you're just working hard, working hard. And then you're like, okay, what was this necessary? Yeah. Is this necessary to keep getting hit like this? I was on a I roll. I deserve not to get hit today. God damn. We all get hit, but oh, yeah. it's like, you know, I, I think for me, it's like, oh, you know, I love, uh, you know, I love my friends and everything, but like, I have a lot of talented friends and you're one of them. And I'm like, you know, I know this is just like, Hey, I wish this would just blow up and be a huge success. And, you know, we could do bigger and bigger things and I could pay you more and I could do these things. But it's like, you know, you do a lot of things until one thing really hits, but you hope it's something that you're really passionate about. Yeah. can only hope. But uh, until then. Yeah. You just keep going. Yeah, I mean, I'm I'm getting used to the hustle. It's it's uh it's been a weird last half a year, but I'm starting to get used to the, yeah, you know, just like sort of like balancing everything. Do you ever just say Calgon, take me away? Who's that? Say you're too young. No, it was an old commercial. It's like Calgon, take me away, and she just pop into was a bubble bath. Like a soft, was this Calgon. not like a Skinamax movie? It you was were bubble bath oh. stuff. Anyway, uh, I know it's going to happen for you, and I know. Look, it doesn't matter. In, in a sense, you're happy. You're right. doing your things, you're loving them, you're good at them, you're doing a lot of fun, uh, interesting uh, things, and I just, and uh, and I envy that you're probably a lot happier than I am. So, uh, this is fun, man. I like this. Well, I love that you're doing it, and I just like, I hope, God, I hope it doesn't leave me, abandonment issues, but you know, um, so far, you know, we had the uh, top 13, and I hope you enjoyed that. We had never done something like that, and I got a lot of people, even my buddy Anson Mount, who's a, a celeb, you know, Star Trek, and we did a movie together, he's like, oh, dude, I love the top 13, that was fun, and... I think, unless he was being sarcastic because he wasn't on the top 13, but mm -hmm. I love answering. He's very interesting. We have a lot of great guests. I know I say this every year, or well, last year was really my, the first week, and you're doing this year and happen. Like, I think this next guest is our 95th guest, I believe. I could be wrong. No one's been keeping track except you know, some really loyal fans that I, I read their messages. But that's a lot of people, and we've, 
you know, I'm sure some guests you're like, uh, uh, I don't really want to hear from them, but I encourage you to one, because it helps the show Two, because I think you learn something no matter who I interview and three, you learn something about them. And sometimes guests surprise you and you're like, well, I didn't know anything about them and I found them interesting. And I read that a lot. I read that in the comments. I read that in the letters. I read that from my friends and even guests. Like, I'm like, fuck, I don't know who these people, I don't know. Uh, I just had a guest on that we just interviewed now, which I won't talk about, but I was like, ah. It was like, whoa, there was crying and there was like emotion and just, I think everybody will relate to it. I'm like, even if somebody doesn't like this band, it doesn't matter. So I encourage you to, again, get people to uh, subscribe and write reviews for Inside of You with Michael Rosenbaum. And uh, it doesn't go unnoticed. I want to thank my uh, patrons. If you haven't joined Patreon, and if you want to, you can. Uh, I still thank you for anything you've done, but the patrons have gone above and beyond. And, um, you know, they subscribe to the show and they get extra material and Q&As with me and they get to ask guest questions. And it's just really cool. And it's almost like a little relationship thing there that we have. And it's something special. I always said if I get enough patrons, I'm going to do a big karaoke party. So I did say that. Also, hey, guys, uh, Knocking Point Wines. Uh, Stephen and Mel's company, Tom Welly and I did uh, another series of bottles of wine that we ta- uh, did tastings. And this year, I'm the pure. He's the evil. It's pure evil. Go to knockingpointwines.com. You can use my code pure and take an additional $10 off. Uh, knockingpointwines.com slash tastemakers dash club. I think it's called. Anyway, do that if you if you, if you dig the wine. What else? I got uh, Portland on uh, January 23rd and 24th. Tom Welling and I will be in Portland if you guys are near there. And we're going to do a Smallville Nights improv show and be signing and stuff. And that's fun. We're also going to Mexico in March, which is really cool. And I think I'm going to Australia in June. And a lot of cons coming up. But uh, I'm excited really about Mexico and Portland. The, Mexico, you know, I've been, but I didn't realize we had this many fans in Mexico. But like some days are sold out. I'm like, whoa, man, this is cool. So I had to do this little inter- this little video, Ryan, and I was like, you know, saying hello to the Mexican. Well, I don't speak a lot of Spanish, but I said, no, "Hola, bienvenidos, uh, me amo es Michael Le- Rosenbaum." <laughs> <laughs> but I go, "Me amo es Lex Luthor," <laughs> and I did a little video like that, so that was fun. Um, what it's else? Just, and it's just me amo. You is don't say, it? yeah, you don't say me amo es. That's one thing I do know. So I thought it was my name is me amo es. And you could just say me amo Michael. Mayama Miguel. Well, your last name's Teus. It's Teus. But that is, Teus. that is literally the only thing I know about Spanish. Really? I, I wish I knew more. I should. Yeah. We didn't, we didn't speak it in the house. Really? My dad doesn't speak Spanish. Your mom? My mom's English. Oh, well, then why would you? Well, huh? So are we. Yeah. Well, I mean, you mean English from another country. Like, like Great British English. <laughs> yeah. Uh, great show today. Uh, I've known her for a long time. She was a lead in the movie back in the day that I directed. Uh, we have fun talking about that briefly. Uh, Homeland, come on. Uh, she's been nominated for um, a lot of things. She is in Deadpool 1, Deadpool 2, Gotham V. She's stunning inside and out. She has a heart of gold. It was really fun hanging out with her, and she just she brightens my day. She's just a, a beautiful person, and uh, she's got a great story. And she talks about things like divorce, and she th- talks about things like, you know, how do you deal with that, and how do you... Yeah, there's a certain maturity that goes into dealing with, you know, exes and life and doing things for the children, which a lot of people don't always do when the children suffer. And I don't know, she's got a good head on her shoulders and she's got a pretty neat perspective. I loved having her, didn't you, Ryan? Yeah, she was great. What did you love mostly about her? How she said squirrel? Yeah, the the Portuguese was fun. Do you remember the, 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 the word? 
uh, it was like Skilo. It was like the rapper, right? Skilo. Skilo. Yeah. Skilo. <laughs> and she said it. And she, I go, how did you say that? I said, you'll hear all of this. It's pretty amazing. Uh, again, I encourage you guys to uh, go to Inside of You Pod on Twitter and Instagram and all that and uh, follow us and uh, retweet it and, and subscribe and all that stuff. And thank you for the support and the love. At the very end of the interview, of course, I'm going to do the little outro, say a few things make a few uh, special shout outs and uh, have a little chat with you. So you can stick around if you want and uh, much love. Let's get inside of Marina Baccarin. It's my point of view. You're listening to inside of you with Michael Rosenbaum. Inside of you with Michael Rosenbaum was not recorded in front of a live studio audience. You got off a plane. You're one of those people. Mm-hmm. That you get, you know this though. Tell me more. Though. I mean, your it name never sucks to hear that. You think, by the way, you think your name Morena would have meant something like beauty, natural beauty, but it doesn't. It means brunette. Just brunette. That's kind of boring, right? I know. But... I want to name her something like brunette. <laughs> Do you about know how... Morena? Do you know how I got my name? My mom, Brazilian. Yeah, she was a famous actress when I was born in Brazil. How famous? Like as famous as you are now? No. 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 Does she resent you for it? (laughs) No. (laughs) We just got right into it. Anyway. No, she doesn't. So she was famous. Like famous light, but like famous. Right. Like uh, Like she was known. Like she was on a soap opera. Yeah. And in a a ton of theater and it's a smaller community in Rio, whatever. Um, And there was a newspaper article from the hospital when I was born. Right. And she kept thinking and looking at me and she didn't know what to name me. And the the title said, uh, "Baby Morena doesn't have a name yet," because Morena means brunette little. So basically, meant like right. little tawny baby doesn't have a name yet. And then my mom was like, "Oh, that's a good name." <laughs> yeah, really. There you go. I know, and it's great that I moved to the United States because that's much more exotic than being in Brazil and being called brunette. Right. Hey, there's brunette. Yeah. Hey, Could brunette. What's up, <laughs> brunette? And then everybody goes, okay, that's your nickname. What's your real name? And I'm like, no, this is Brunette. my fucking name. So in Brazil, do they kind of, do they think it's funny that your name's, do you ever get they shit? Think it's, they think it's my nickname. And they're like, no, that's actually that's my That's actually my name. Good for your mom. Yeah. And then you left, how old? Uh, the first time I left when I was seven and we, my dad got transferred. He worked for this really big um, company called Globo, which is one of the biggest networks or used to be in Brazil. He got transferred. He was a news editor. And so we all moved because Brazil was in the, in the shitter. Can I curse a lot? Oh, yeah. Okay, great. Um, Brazil was in the shitter. Um, it was, you know, just, I think still a dictatorship at the time, really awful economy. And um, we moved. Um, but my dad thought that my mom always wanted the kind of suburban, amazing American lifestyle and got us like a three-bedroom apartment in Forest Hills. And my mom got there and was like, oh, I thought we were moving to New York. How far is Forest Hills outside of uh, the Queens? City? It's right, very it's Queens, close, right? Yeah, it's but not, it's still not New York. But it's City. not New York City. It's so I'm Manhattan. Like, it's thirty minutes, at least. At least, probably right. forty-five. Right on the train. It's still probably expensive. Uh, I don't know. At the time, yeah, this was know. you know the eighties. But he was doing well. He was doing okay. He was and doing she, okay. And, she, and mom was making money being an actress. She was, and then she quit to to move to New York. And she's like, I don't, I don't do Queens. So she stayed for a year and she's like, this is miserable. I'm in the suburbs with two kids. You get to go in the city and work all day. I don't speak the language. My kids don't speak the language. Everybody's crying every day to go to school. You didn't speak any English? None. Zero. Zero. I remember being made fun of because I saw a squirrel for the first time. (laughs) 
I mean, you have to imagine that's so this little cute. girl, this yeah. seven-year-old from Brazil, you know, being used to being on the beaches in Rio oh, and moving to Forest Hills, Queens. Forest Hills, Queens, and I'm wearing like long johns and it's cold, you know, and we're out in the yard and a squirrel goes and I go, Shkilu, because that's, that's what a squirrel is in Portuguese oh, and, and people look at me like, what is wrong with her? Give me an example. Let me hear how you think you sounded when you were seven. <laughs> What did you say? Mom, I want a hamburger. Say it again. Oh my God, that's so adorable. Yeah, it's like cute. Now, it's amazing, I guess, at a young age you stay. <laughs> <laughs> well, no, it is. Isn't that cute, Ryan? Yeah, no, it's really it's it adorable. A, it's a beautiful language. Don't put him on the spot. Portuguese is a beautiful language. Are you glad I didn't say Spanish? Yes, I am. Don't I'm very proud hate, of you for don't that. Don't people hate that? And you know what the capital? Don't say it because you know. Watch this. Ryan, what's the capital of Brazil? It's Brazilia. Yeah, brother. Yeah. It's not Rio de Janeiro. It's Brasilia. Is it safe for me to go to Brazil? Depends where because you go. Because my listeners, a lot of them, at least on my Instagram, it shows you like this thing that sh someone showed me. And it says my audience is like Mexico, Brazil, San yeah. Paulo. Yeah. So I'm just wondering, can I go there? Yeah. You just have to be careful and you have to be street smart, you know, mm. just like any big city. But- the problem with Sao Paulo and Rio specifically are there's a, just a huge discrepancy between wealth. You know, there's it's either you're either poor or you're rich. And there's a lot of people who can't survive and who are barely scraping by. And so mm. it creates violence, creates, you know, kidnappings and for ransom and, and that kind of stuff and muggings on the street. And you have to be really careful. It's really unfortunate because it's the most beautiful place in the world. I got you. I get you about Brazil. I yeah. want to go there. I love you the should. people. I think um, I think you'll have a great beautiful time. people. Yeah, you know. Do you ever look in, in Americans and just, just go, man? They're so much prettier in Brazil. Yeah. Do you do that a yeah, lot? All the time. So, I mean, it's a lot of natural beauty. It's the skin. It's the <laughs> olive skin. Yeah. No. I, I I think also honestly, there's a joy for life there that I haven't seen anywhere else. When you say joy for life, what do you notice differently? Like, if you could say, if you can express or talk about one moment that you see in brazil and compare it to a moment in the states like just a that shows that natural i mean have you seen those like typical videos of little boys playing soccer on the street barefoot yeah, yeah. you know you grow up with that kind of like passion for something uh the beaches the way everything looks the way people like they leave work early in rio they go sit on the beach they have you know a beer or whatever and they go back to work like where else do you do that enjoying the moment and being where you are, even though your circumstances aren't great, you just find joy in the things that you have. I think Brazilians are really good at that. We were talking about being present. Yeah. We had a little dinner before this because we're friends. We've been friends for a while. Yeah. And we keep in touch. And I know you're busy, but you know what? You haven't, you've gotten to be a bigger star now than when we first met and you haven't like, you're still the same Marina. I hope so. Well, yeah, I know. But you, you, you're just, you're easy to talk to. It's going to sound weird, but like, I don't want to be a star. Like, it's not about some, I think some people are in it because they want to be famous. Of course. I want to do good work and have a good life. And I worry a little bit about what happens when you start to be famous. I, I mean, I want to have a simple life in a way. Like I want to, I want my kids to grow up and know what the reality of the world is versus in the other day, um, my husband, Ben, is doing a play in New York right now. He's doing a play on Broadway. What was he doing? He's doing a play called Grand Horizons. Nice. That was a with, movie with, um, uh, was it Event Horizon? 
it's nothing to do with that. No, it's not the sci-fi movie? No, no. It's not a sci-fi Broadway play. I'll still see it. (laughs) It's really good. It's a family drama, a new play. It stars James Cromwell and Jane Alexander, amazing actors. Anyway, we go, I take the two kids on his dinner break to go visit him. And we're walking to see their dad on Broadway, like on a dinner break. Like that's not normal. Most kids don't live like that. Right. And I want my kids to understand that that is not normal. That's a privilege. But like they're exposed to so much, just so much, to art, to theater, to whatever, being in New York. But that's, and that's a privilege. And that's important. That is important. And it's got to be tough to sort of like implement certain things to balance them. Yeah, they're too young to know right now. I mean, they're three and six. So like oh, the yeah. six-year-old That's is understanding that a little bit. So I think I just need to like remember to just every once in a while slap them around and remind them. You know, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. That's not real. Yeah. Um, back to what you said about being present. We were talking about that. Yeah. And I always feel like you are someone that has always been present. Now, I'm not one that has always been present. It's hard to me, hard for me sometimes to 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 focus. And I feel like when I'm really into something – I can focus on it. If I'm really just zone, I'm in the zone yeah. because I'm interested, yeah. whether it's a, a documentary or a, a movie or. But don't you find that more and more, maybe it's because we're actors, like I don't, movies don't do that for me anymore. Like I can't lose myself in a movie the way Judy? I used to. Did you see Judy? Renee Zegwigler? I didn't. What's it? No. Zeg, Zegwiller? Zegwiller? Zellweger. Zegwiller? <laughs> Peter Weller? Um... I I talked about this a while ago, but I watched Judy. So you're saying when you watch a movie, you can't connect as much. I just I see the shot and like I'm looking at it okay. in a, like a, a, a technical I understand. Right. way, and like I appreciate it. It's been a long time since I've lost myself in a movie. Man, that's wow. That's interesting because I feel like that's that's the one way that. Maybe it's the only way. I mean, when I connect, when it happens, I find myself sometimes lost. If a movie's good enough, or it's, spe- I feel like it's speaking to me, or I can relate to it. Like I can relate to Judy. Mm-hmm. There's moments in Judy Garland where I just go, maybe it's mental illness. I don't know. But at the end of Judy, I lost my shit. Mm. I was alone I on New Year's it. Eve. It just happened. And my friends wanted me to go to downtown. And I wasn't mad. I wasn't angry. I wasn't like, oh, I just don't feel like it. It was like, hey, guys, I've seen you almost every day. I had people over for Christmas morning. Mary. I had enough's enough. I had an ornament party. I've had screener nights. I love you, but I don't need to see you again right now. Mm-hmm. And I, for some reason, I don't know if it's the universe or my your body sort of telling you. Yeah. You need to just chill out, man. Yeah. Why I watch Judy, I don't know because there's many movies that I want to see. You know, a lot of other screeners. Yeah. Academy movies. And I remember my I, I kept seeing a trailer every once in a while for Judy. Yeah. The Judy I, Garland I heard story. Amazing. Uh it, well I've heard, I've heard amazing. I don't know if you'll connect to it like I did, but at the end, I mean she was forty seven when she died. Yeah. I was I'm forty seven and she died right before her forty eighth birthday. Yeah, and you're I was so much older than me. Yeah. How old are you? 40. 40, yeah. Thank you. Um, <laughs> but I I just remember, you know, she had pill yeah. addiction, horrible since she was young, but she went through so much that I couldn't even understand when she was young. And you know those things that come on at the end of a movie like, Judy went on to do this, 
Six days later, she died. Yeah. It just, I could feel it right now. It just moved me. Yeah. And I, when I say cry, I wasn't just going, oh my God, that's sad. I was 15 minutes hard, couldn't stop crying. And I never do that. I never nonstop cry. Usually it's a cry for a minute or two and I can go, let go, 20 seconds. You know, lost my grandpa, I was crying. But this one lasted like a lifetime. And I, it was weird. I didn't want it to end. And Sounds my, like it was really cathartic. It was cathartic. And my, my dogs came up to me and I just was like, my eyes were, the next day they were burning. Yeah. They hurt. And so I connected with that. There's certain things in movies that. Wait, didn't you, didn't I text you that night and say, hey, I'm coming tomorrow. This was this, this was two days ago. Yeah. New Year's Eve. Yeah. And then you, and then you go, you t- I'm, yeah, great. I'm going to bed. Like you were really short, which you aren't usually. Maybe yeah, you had just had I your just, great cry. I was, I was done. Yeah, and I just felt like sometimes it's important to just reflect and to, to emote. Yeah, I mean you're Brazilian, so you probably cry I a emote. lot. <laughs> <laughs> I'm kidding. I'm kidding. But you know, no, but I do, and I, I it's you're it's a cryer. What I makes am, you but cry? As, but as as I get older, it gets harder. Like I, I I I find myself holding it in a lot. I'm embarrassed to cry. I'm embarrassed to be vulnerable. Why? Why are you embarrassed to cry? Because I feel like I cry all the time. Because I feel like I cry too much. Because how I feel often do you like, cry? Well, you know, like I have this thing called a period, and like you know, at well, least once a month, women I'm have like periods. Crying, they cry. Okay, you okay. Know? I've you know, I had a rough day yesterday. I mean, I cried a lot yesterday, and I didn't know why. We talked about why. Could have no, been New Year's Eve. Yeah, no, I I drank too much on New Year's Eve. That's definitely part That's of fine. it. Right. But I was also PMSing. PMSing. Right. It was deeper than that. It felt like so much. And I think it's okay to allow yourself to have those moments. But I judged myself and through it, I was like, and my husband kept asking me, like, are you okay? I'm worried about it. I'm like, you know what? I'm fine. I just need to cry. I don't know why. I'm going to try not to dissect this. Like, I'm just going to cry. And it was okay. And I feel better. (laughs) Does he ever think, is it me? Am I doing something? I'm sure. Of course. Because women can be tough. You know, even when a guy's not like answering a woman. Like imagine if a guy's like, why are you so quiet? I'm fine. Something's wrong. No, I'm fine. No, but I wasn't doing it like that. I mean, I was letting him in. It was just you. I was letting him in. Right, right. If it was him, he'd know about it. I was like, I don't know. I just think I need to be in this place right now. But something you said earlier about connecting with something like that, like the movie, like Judy and allowing yourself to cry and having that cathartic moment and being present. I have a hard time being present. And I think watching a movie, I'm not being present. I'm like looking at like the technical aspects around it. And we're lately, jaded, aren't we? Yeah, I think so. But lately I've started um, pottery because we were oh, also talking about art before. Yeah. And that I, I will, I will be at the wheel making something for three hours and the time will go like that. And I won't realize it. And it is so soothing and it's so nice to be doing something that takes your attention like that, that you're not self-conscious about, that you don't care. How great you are. How great you are, how you look, how you look doing it, how you, what you're making. Like I'm not in it to make beautiful pottery. I'm in it to just create something and learn a new skill. Or to just disappear in your mind, yeah. be present and not It's like a meditation. So it's yeah. so great. I think that's awesome. See, that's great. That's that's like applying certain things. Those are good. We call them good habits, right? Yeah. Because we're talking about like I had a lot of bad habits. I still have a lot of bad habits, but I cut out a lot of them 
It's all right. That's a glass and that's a microphone. Yeah, that's, that's still good. That's still the microphone. I gotta go like way around it <laughs> to drink my water. That would have been, that was a drunk moment, even though you're not drunk <laughs> and you promise yourself you're not drinking not. after New Year's for three months. Three months, yeah. Yeah. When you drink, do you feel like you're like, I'm going to get drunk tonight? I'm going to get really drunk. Yeah, sometimes I can tell. Sometimes it sinks up on me. I don't do it often. I have two kids and I'm up at right. six and I hate that feeling of like, I feel disgusting and then yeah. I'm crabby and I'm, not enjoying my day yeah. like so i just don't do it a lot i have my glass of wine pretty much every <laughs> night but that's a glass i mean that's different you don't um, think that's alcoholism when you have to have a glass of wine every night no right. i don't i think that's being a mom you do you when you have children you tell me about it because it's like what i imagine people do when they have a cigarette or like you know you just kind of need to exhale sometimes and having a glass of wine and i also really like the taste of wine I enjoy that. Right. I talk with my hands a lot. That's fine. You're an actor. Um, you know, that's a good actor, I think. When people talk, because that's what people do. They talk with their hands. I'm also Italian an actor and where they're Brazilian. just like this? All right. But anyway, getting back to drinking, my drinking problem. Um, <laughs> yeah. I don't drink like that. That New Year's Eve was maybe the most I've had to drink ever in one, at one. Like, I had a great time. You did? I had a great time. It was just three couples. Were you we, sloppy? You no, sloppy. we danced. I we never noticed you being sloppy. Time. I've seen you drunk when we did back in the day. Okay. I remember you were drunk a couple of nights because there was like people were out drinking. Because there was nothing to do nothing in Indiana. To do. I mm-hmm. couldn't really enjoy it. But the few nights I did, when everybody's drunk, I never, some people, you could see there's something like, eh, maybe they should stop. Yeah. But I never could tell, like, God, she's hammered. But I know my limit. You, I really that's do. That's the thing. I man. really do. Most I don't, people don't know their limits. I don't, like, two drinks for me is plenty. Ryan, do you know your limits? Uh, yeah. No, I, I wanted a little harder on New Year's Eve than I wanted to as well. Yeah. Were you obnoxious? No. I'm a fun drunk. Are you? Yeah. You say that. I'm sure a lot of people say they're fun <laughs> drunks. And if you ask their friends, they're like, what an <laughs> asshole. I mean, I, I, I've had I've had asshole moments too. That happens. Really? I, yeah, you can't prevent that. I get. I just get happy, I think. Like, I'm more affectionate and I'm happier and I'm depends looser. Yeah, it does depend on what you drink. Yeah. It does, my my sure. friend Anine does these things where I, I love her, but she does do this thing that annoys me. Annoys me, but I I know she actually does love me. She'll look at me literally like this, Mike. And I'm like, I know it's coming. And she does this to Ethan too. She'll go. She'll tilt her head a little with a smile. I love you. Right. And I go, all right. She goes, no, no. I mean, say it. I'm like, I, I love you too. Wait, and she only does that when she's drunk? Well, she does it 99% more. Got it. Every once in a while she goes, <laughs> I love you. Thank you. It was a great night. But it will be one of those moments where it's uncomfortable. Right. I'm not uncomfortable. I'm just like, here it comes. The right. means had a few too many. Mike, I love you. Right. And I'm like, ah, oh, <laughs> brother. It's like, what? Why can't you just? <laughs> no, I think it's sweet. I think it's sweet. I, I Do you find it hard? I mean, for a woman, I think it's easier to say I love you to everybody. Like a woman can say. I have a hard time, though. Well, I'm saying like a son. Like, can Ben, is his, are his parents alive? Yeah. Can he say I love you to his dad? Yeah. See, that's that's a nice thing. I I, I don't think I've yeah. I ever said it and other than a text recently. A well, see, that's that's a great thing. That's it's really so important. Nice. To say I love you to a little boy yeah. or a little girl yeah. is huge. You don't understand. I'm telling you, firsthand experience, if you look at your son with conviction, it's not like you're throwing it at him constantly. Yeah. But if you're like, hey, I want you to know. I love you. Yeah. I really love you. I'm proud of you. And I really want you to be happy. And I'm with you. I mean, that will that's more than any gift you could ever buy them. Yeah. That is the gift. It's true. And so if Ben's doing that. But fuck. I think even if you can't say that and 
that's how you are towards them, your attitude. I think that's that's okay too. I mean, yes. hearing "I love you" is very important. I think, but for showing affection. it with actions, like, is also important. Talking to your son, playing yeah. with him, yeah. being interested in his life. Be interested, I think, is huge. Ben seems like he has a really good uh, disposition. Yeah, he does. He's just a nice guy. Like I'd hang out with Ben. I mean, I don't know if Ben would hang out with me. He says to say hello, so I think he okay, would. Okay, well, that's nice. Yeah. Hi, Hi, Ben. How are you, Ben? He is. He's just a nice guy. And I'm like... He is. I mean, you know, he's a human being. He's got his moments as well. And what are his moments? You know, he's... I mean, like all of us. He's Does got, he get angry? Yeah. He's been angry. He got Marina, he got, No, it's not like that. He His anger is quiet. It's contained. He has to walk away. He doesn't want to do anything he regrets. It's very admirable, actually. And it yeah. scares me a little. Like, when he gets like that, I'm like, oh, I fucked up. You know what I mean? Right. He he doesn't want to do anything he regrets. He doesn't want to say anything he regrets. Good it's on him. Like, That's hard to do. That is. takes years of self of like. I would assume it yourself. takes a long time to. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, because a lot of times you're you're hearing something that sounds so foreign to you, so wrong. Yeah. That you're like, fuck off. I have no. And then that just feels it. If you're fighting with a Brazilian woman, yeah, no, she's, forget she it. She might be like, no, 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 Pushugo. What is it? The squirrel. <laughs> For Shugo? Shuda? What's the name for a... Ishkilo? Ishkilo? <laughs> Ishkilo. I don't even know how I'm saying. It's Kilo. For Shugo? Say it again. Say it again. Ishkilo. No, the whole sentence. I don't Ishkilo. It's such a great thing. I want to see here that in a movie. <laughs> this show is sponsored by BetterHelp. I don't know how many times I have to talk about this, but it's so important. If you're sitting there right now and you're stressed or you're anxious or you have a lot on your mind and you just bottle it up and you don't know what to do, it's going to come out and it's not going to come out in great ways all the time. Um, BetterHelp has helped me substantially. Ryan here has been using it for a while. And I, you know, don't you notice when you don't use BetterHelp? When you don't have therapy? Oh, the weeks where I miss a session? Of course, yeah. Yeah, it's just, it's 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 like the more you talk about something, even if you don't think you have anything to talk about, things come up and it puts your mind at ease. And we all carry around different stressors, you know, big and small. And at times we keep carrying them around rather than processing them and letting them go. When we keep them bottled up, it can start to affect us negatively. Therapy is a safe space to get things off your chest and figure out how to work through whatever's weighing you down. Therapy from BetterHelp is helpful for learning positive coping skills and how to set boundaries. It empowers you to be the best version of yourself. It isn't just for those who've experienced major trauma. It's for all of us. If you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. Just fill out a brief questionnaire and get matched with a licensed therapist and switch therapists anytime for no additional charge. I think people think, oh, what if I don't like my therapist? If you don't, you switch them. It's that easy. Get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit betterhelp.com slash inside today to get 10% off your first month. That's betterhelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash inside. Inside of You is brought to you by Rocket Money. I love Rocket Money. You know why? Because everyone should have Rocket Money because it just helps you save money. How many times do we have subscriptions that we don't even know we have anymore and we're paying so much money? It's just throwing away money, Ryan. I, I found one. You And you did it. You told I me. Found, I got Rocket Money. <laughs> I, I found one. It, I'm embarrassed to say how long it's been going on, but thank you for finding it. <laughs> My God. 
It was embarrassing. <laughs> yeah, because it's like you want to watch some show and you go, oh, I have to subscribe to this uh, this streaming dev- uh, whatever. Mm-hmm. And you, you start streaming the show, you watch it, you leave, and you forget after this trial period it kicks in and it's they're charging terrible. you 10 bucks a month. It's, it is embarrassing. Ugh. You know, 75% of people have subscriptions they've forgotten about. Before I started using Rocket Money, I thought I had, you know, like, oh, I have like five subscriptions. I could not believe it when they showed me I was paying for like four extra uh, between, you know, streaming advices and fitness apps, delivery services. It's never ending. And thanks to Rocket Money, I'm no longer wasting money on the ones I forgot about. Rocket Money is a personal finance app that finds and cancels your unwanted subscriptions, monitors your spending, and helps lower your bills so that you can grow your savings. Rocket Money has over 5 million users and has saved a total of $500 million in canceled subscriptions, saving members up to $740 a year when using all of the app's features. Rocket Money will even try to negotiate lowering your bills for you by up to 20%. All you have to do is submit a picture of your bill and Rocket Money takes care of the rest. They'll deal with the customer service for you. I like that. Stop wasting money on things you don't use. Cancel your unwanted subscriptions by going to rocketmoney.com slash inside. That's rocketmoney.com slash inside. Rocketmoney.com slash inside. Look, I want to get into your career a little bit too, but like that's not, of course, what the show is about. The show's about like, hey, you're about being inside of me, right? Yep. Thank you. Mm -hmm. But the show, I've had actors go, God, we haven't even talked about this project. We haven't talked about the office. Rain Wilson said, and I I go, oh, you want to? He's like, no, I love this. Mm -hmm. And you've done a lot: Serenity, Firefly, uh, Homeland. You got nominated for uh, an Emmy in 2013. Yeah. Yeah, you're welcome. And then uh, <laughs> Gotham, and then uh, Deadpool 1, Deadpool 2. You got a movie, Greenland, coming out with Gerard Butler. Mm-hmm. You've got, I mean, like you're successful. You have a lot of money. Uh, mm, I live in New York City. <laughs> I'm putting two kids to private school. There's, How do you, but, there's but, not enough money in the world. <laughs> well, well, we'll get into that. But like you, um, you went through tough shit. Yeah. As we know, like people get divorced. My parents, yeah. my mom's been married three times. My sister's been married four times. My dad just got divorced for a second time. I know what divorce is. Yeah. And maybe that's why I'm single. Maybe that's why I haven't gotten married because I see how much dysfunction there is. Oh, get married. It's wonderful. It is. But the first time around, I'm sure there was wonderful moments, but it didn't work out. No, it didn't. But why, why do you think it doesn't work out? You know, there are so many reasons. Um, for me... Uh, you know, I, I, and I, and by the way, if I hesitate here, it's because I'm hyper aware that my son will be old enough one day to, to hear everything that I sure. say about my relationship. Absolutely, and yes. I want to be respectful of that. We were just talking about this before. Yeah. Right. Um, I didn't know myself well enough when I got married. I, right. I didn't admit to myself that the things that I, that I actually wanted, the things that I wanted and that I still want, I wasn't ballsy enough to, to let it be okay that I that I wanted certain things and that cer- certain things were important to me. I I grew up, you know, Brazil has this sort of like misogynistic kind of like you know male uh, dominance in relationships and and culturally. And I you know I left Brazil when I was seven for the first time and then ten for good. Um, and I didn't have that as an example in my household. My parents were you know my mom. Real ball buster. So um, <laughs> my dad was the more like sedate one. 
But I, I didn't also, I also didn't have a, they got divorced when I was 20. I didn't have a, an example of a wonder, a great relationship. My mom raised me to go, you know, never cook for any man. You're going to be successful. You're not going to have kids until you're in your thirties or forties. You're always going to take care of yourself first because this is what she wanted for herself. Right. And she filled me with all of this. And I was like, this is what I want. I am not going to cook for any man. I'm going to be a feminist. I'm going to, and it wasn't really what I wanted. I didn't want to, I didn't, this isn't, I mean, it's so fucking hard, right? In this like Me Too movement, whatever. But like, I don't want to be equal, the same as my man. I, I think that there is a man and there is a woman. And I think that's okay. It doesn't mean I should get paid less or it doesn't mean that I should, but we don't do the same things and we don't serve the same function in a household. And I think those roles can change and they can be what they are for the right relationship, for, you know, with who, whatever you want for yourself. But I didn't really know myself well enough to know that I am much more traditional, I realized, than, than I I wanted to be cooler than I am. I love that Ben opens doors for me. I love that when we started dating, he, you know, made a big deal about like, no, put your wallet away. Like a man should pay. And I love that he, and but I'm not, I'm, this is nothing to do with my ex. This is to do with my current right. This is, these relationship. Are the things, these you're are just things saying these am, things right away that he was doing were more of what you were gravitated towards. Yes. And I, That's and all. it made me feel good and it made me feel loved and wanted. And also he, heard me and listened and emotional we emotionally connected yeah. with each other in a way that I hadn't before and you know these were all things that were extremely important to me that I didn't realize how much does he still do them yeah all the time does he ever not hold the door when you uh, he always does I mean unless I get ahead of him which I sometimes do whatever but like how do you feel about the old Bronx tale moment where instead of going around the door and opening the door, I go in the driver's side door and then lean over. Oh, that one and open and the door. And then open the door that way. That's fine. Not as good, but that's fine. That still works, right? Yeah. Whew, thank God. It works. You know, it's, it's hard though. You know, you have a kid with someone, you're married, and then you up and you move to New York. Is it tough to, because, you know, my parents fucking loathed each other mm -hmm. after the divorce. In fact, I made a rule. And I still hold that rule now. I say, you are not allowed to talk about anybody else except us when we're having a conversation. Mm. If you start talking about dad or you start right. talking That's about mom, I'm hanging up. It's not fair. Not and fair. I dealt with it a while and it was hurtful. And so do you sort of have a rule? Do you yeah, sort of we like do. go, hey, I will not talk about your dad. Absolutely. He's a good dad, whatever, and that's Absolutely. He right. is a good dad. And I, I do not my son is a smart boy. He I'm sure picks up on tensions that we have with each other. My ex and I, but that is a big rule for both of us. You just, you cannot bring a child into it. And sometimes it happens accidentally, or sometimes there's a frustration or something that you're dealing with and the kid experiences it. But we both, I believe, try. I know I really, really, really try to not let that be a thing. Right. Can't. It's really unfair. Sometimes resentment is hard to let go. You know, when things but what's, go, You know, what's harder? Yes. Resentment is hard to let go. You know, ego, ego, and you know, you broke up because you don't get along, right? Like right. there's something that just doesn't gel. Right. So that's tough. But you know, I can't let that get in the way of my, you know, of their relationship and my relationship with my son. And right. it's a completely, you know, you can't, you have to be the bigger person. It's just not fair to him. Yeah. The harder thing though, I think we're adults and we will deal with what we'll deal with. The harder are the questions that he's going to start to, you know, we split up when he was one, as he gets older, 
he starts to ask questions. And lately he's been saying, I, you know, I, I want, why can't we all live together? And I think that's, it, it makes me laugh in like the best possible way. Like that's so sweet. He wants us all to be married to each other and to all live in the same house. Right. And I feel like it's really important to give him that fantasy, you know, and to just acknowledge. It's like, yeah, man, who knows? He wants us together. He wants his family together. And that's a sweet thing. And you want to encourage that, I think, in a kid. And then you turn your head to your husband, Ben, and go, not in a million years. <laughs> I think there's a sitcom in there somewhere, huh? There is, right? It's called Not in a Million Years. <laughs> Well, thanks for being open about that. And that's, it's interesting because, you know, you, you, you rarely see two people that can be like, we can actually have a conversation and talk about our kid and it's fine. And there's no resentment and there's no, and I, I don't know if you even are near there. Maybe it's just right now you have the time with your son. I have the time with my son and that's what it is. Yeah. I mean, it's, you know, it's more like that, but we do, I mean, you, if you have a child together, you got to discuss doctors and you discuss schools and you just, you know, there are things that you need to do talk you, about. Is it hard though? Do you ever feel like you're um, not agreeing on certain things just uh, all to the time, not, but, but just to not agree? Oh, <laughs> you know what I mean? Like he'll say no. something and then you'll go, well, I'd rather, instead of going, you know what? You could have this one. I mean, maybe in the beginning, but I think like as it goes on, you really have to think about it. It's a waste kid. of time. It's a waste of time. Like yeah. why, why do that? Why are we doing that? But I find, I mean, with Ben, Ben and I argue about things all the time where I'm like, well, I like, you know, to eat at this place because whatever, like I want to give them this blue carrot. And he's like, <laughs> that carrot has no nutritional value. You know, we like argue about like stupid shit. Right, right. There's not, um, do your pa uh, parents like Ben? My mom. Yeah. She, she, my dad is not really in the picture. Oh my, yeah. Cause they divorced. They divorced. And so he, and never, he lives in Brazil. You don't, um, do you ever see him? You know, I tried for many years to reconcile and keep a relationship and it, it, you know, it got really, really, really complicated. And I thought it was best to have boundaries at the moment. I have, I'm hopeful that at some point soon we will reconnect, but right now it's easier, um, to, I mean, just, I guess not, I mean, we don't, we speak occasionally, like we email, but it's not what it should be. Right. I mean, um, does that really make you sad does it make you sad that you don't have a relationship with your dad that you want to have does it um do you ever think about it yes but it where our relationship was was more damaging and more sad than not do you know what i mean hmm. did that sometimes i mean well his relationship so he wasn't giving you what a father should yeah you weren't getting out of him what was, you I needed was, as a daughter yes and, I, and that was more hurtful and you gave him every opportunity to step up and yes. he just didn't step up yes yes and that goes back to you saying a man should be a man and step up in a way, you know, like, I mean, yeah, he, I guess is, so. is he I mean, just tough? Is he just too tough? Like, no, I'm not... he's not at all tough. I mean, he's very nice. He's very, um, I have been parentified, you know, in the relationship. Like I'm, I become the parent and I don't need that no. relationship. And oh, I, fuck, I, I need, need the other too. way around. Yeah, I feel like uh, I feel like I be I have become the parent like yeah. many years ago. So moving to an, a, another country, I learned English quicker than my parents did, of course, because they're in their forties and it takes a while and whatever. My brother and I were fluent within two or three years, um, and so we became, or I, because I'm the oldest, became the go-to. Like, hey, can you translate for that? From what what are they saying? Well, let's. I need to open a bank account. You need to come with me. Right. I need help. Uh, parent to conferences. What is your teacher saying? I'm like translating and, you know, and it suddenly like, I don't have the support I'm supporting. Hmm. And then it, and then it bleeds into other areas 
emotionally and all kinds of things. And from a very early age, I became. But giving money. Right. Providing. Yeah. Yeah. You, it's amazing how, you know, you do it and you do it. You know what I always say? It's, oh, it's so weird. When no one want, when someone doesn't ask for money, when you're making it, like my grandmother, for instance, my grandmother, she hates, she won't let me buy her things. I buy her, since my grandpa passed, I buy her flowers every week. She gets I'm sorry roses. about that. I know how close Thank you, you were. Yeah. Thank you. You're welcome. I know you mean it, so I appreciate it. You know, I buy her flowers with roses every week. And she said, Mike, you, stop. why are you doing this? It's so expensive. You're buying me flowers because I love you and I want you to smile Aww. at least once a week because I know you're having a hard time. She goes, you're just special. You're special. I go, I know I'm special. The teachers told me that. and But I, I you know, I want to buy her things. Like I had to go out and get her a TV, a new TV. Yeah. And I go, dad, let's go buy her a TV. Yeah. You know, I'm going to go buy her a TV. You better not buy me anything. Mm-hmm. I don't need anything. Right. But those are the people you want to buy for. It My is. friend Tom, he doesn't want you buying him anything. Right. He doesn't want you lending it. But it's when someone's hand's always out. It's That's not like you that don't really love gets them. Me. That really it's, gets me. It's really hard on us. But it, it because it plays on guilt and it plays manipulation. on manipulation. And, you know, I've supported my parents since I could work when I was like 20, 21, you know, which is like not an age you should be supporting your parents. And it's hard. It's really, really hard. And there's also, I think there's also a cultural aspect to that too, by the way. I mean, in Brazil, you live with your parents until you get married. And then when you get married, you move out and then you kind of start supporting your parents, you know? Mm-hmm. And I think that that's something that was just kind of ingrained in, in them. But I don't live in Brazil. I grew right. up, you moved me here. I love you, but. Do you ever think sometimes, I learned this in therapy, but you want, you're always waiting for that moment in life where the person you love will become the person you always needed or wanted. Does that make sense? Almost like, you know, like uh-huh. I love my mother. Uh-huh. I stopped imagining or thinking, you know, one day she's just going to be that right, responsible, right. No, non-manipulative, right, uh, just sincere. And she has her moments now. She's, I think she's trying. My dad's trying. But, but that's called, you know, my old therapist said, um, what's crazier than, you know, some of the things you experience as a child and your parent, what's crazier is you thinking they're going to change that you think after all these years, you're still going to find a way to make them be what you always need. This is who they are. Yeah. This is the person you're looking at. So you have to ask yourself, do I want a relationship with this person? And if I do, what kind of relationship? And you have to be in control of that relationship in, in the sense that how often do I want to speak to this person? How much effort do I want to put into this? How much do I want to, how much time do I want to spend right. with them? And that really is a, that took me a while. But when you stop trying to parent and you mm-hmm. stop trying to fix. I know, well, the fixing. Well, then Ugh. if you just stop it and you just say, this is what just I will accept. allow. This is what I want in my life. Because at the end of the day, it's your life. It's your life. At least alone. I did a alone. It's my life. It's my life. When he's saying the Mickey, remember that? That's a really good impression. You like that? All right, well, yeah. <laughs> well from where that came from. Uh, I got on that because I think there's, like I said, I always try to fix things, but like I'm like, you know what? The more you try to fix people, the more broken you get. Yeah, no, you can't. I feel like I've gotten more broken. I've, I'm, I'm like, as the years have gone on, because it's debilitating and stressful and draining. It's futile. And futile. And it's just crazy. It's like it's fantasy for me to think that I'm going to change someone or get someone on a routine. I have to get on the routine. Yeah. I have to just be as healthy as I can be 
Because otherwise, what am I doing? Yeah. Well, who am I living my life for? What, you know, having kids really puts that in perspective big time. If you break down, like nothing gets done, nobody gets taken care of, you know, and you yeah. really, th- that's one of my New Year's resolutions this year, honestly, is to take better care of myself and to allow myself more All right. time for myself. I will, yeah. I will like run on empty. I'll just keep going, keep going till I completely collapse. How are you going to change that? So in the New Year's resolution, I'm going to be less, I'm going to tr- feel, try to feel less guilty and try to work through that guilt of like, you know what? I can go to a coffee shop, take a breather, read a book for 30 minutes and reset so I can have more energy for my kids later. Just like not have that, you know, what can I be doing more for them? Like spending more time with them, playing with them more, doing I do that a lot and I and it's about, it's about quality and not quantity. If that makes sense. Yeah, I remember days of confused there was a line where the guy goes, it's not about quantity, man. It's about quality. That's exactly it. That's but I, you know. Do you remember that, Ryan? Not that specific line. You know, oh, I, you know, I can only remember the, the Matthew McConaughey bit. That's what I like about these freshman girls, man. Yeah, yeah. I get older, they stay the same age. All right, all right, all right. <laughs> that was a good one. Um, so look, all your success. I mean, I don't know how you do it because I can barely, like, I can imagine... You've got movies, you've got TV shows, you're flying out to LA, and you're telling me how much it's, how hard it is because you miss your kids. Yeah. Like you miss your kids, but you're, you're working to give them a better life, to give yourself a better life, to have enough money so you can retire and later on in life. And, but and most importantly, I love it. You know, I really try not to say to them, you like, you do love your job. I have to go to LA because I have to work. I want to. Do you love everything you do? Is there a job you're like, besides my movie? Is, is, <laughs> I mean, now you had a lot of fun on my I movie. did, I had a blast. You, I think it was one of your best times in your life. I did, I had a blast. I mean, are you more picky? You, you're obviously more picky. Yes, because I am. now you're getting, before, it's like, all right, I'll do V. Yeah. All right, I'll do. I mean, well, like I said, when you have kids, it puts a lot in perspective. And I weigh the time I'm going to spend away from them with the job. So is it worth it? You know, is it something I need to do? And mm-hmm. how can I balance and, and have a balance? I, I really, you know, that's the hardest part, I think, as a working mom is balancing Wanting to work because then I feel good about myself and I have more to give to them. Right. Um, not just financially, but emotionally with the time that I, that I won't be with them. But it's important, I think, to show them that I can have my, my own life and my needs and my wants. And it's okay to like take care of myself. Do you give yourself a certain amount of time? Like let's say you're learning lines. First of all, how do you prepare? Mm. Who helps you, mm. if anybody? Do you record your lines, your voice for the other lines? Did you, and then how many hours a day do you give yourself to work on them so you, then you can give the rest of the time to the family? It's really different for every part. You know, if I'm doing like, if I'm guest starring on a show and it's super easy and I, it's the kind of role that I can do in my sleep, I don't prepare. So you don't just, you don't put a lot of effort into it. I don't. You just I mean, don't. I, I know that you I give can, them what they want and you move and, on. But not that I put zero effort. I just tell myself like, get rest look good, feel good, feel good about yourself. Like I do the things to prepare in that way. But you know your lines. But my lines are not, like it doesn't matter. I'll, I'll get them and it's going to be fine. That's not the hard part. I think honestly with children, it's the, um, the, 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 the hygiene of like getting enough rest and allowing yourself to leave the house with plenty of time to like not have a crazy morning or, you know, maybe like not being the one who takes them to school that morning or whatever, like doing that. How kind do of you stuff. get rest? Is it routine? Do you go to bed at a certain hour and wake up at a certain hour? Do you have to oh do my that? God. Because I'm a usually, lot, like yes. I have sleep problems. So if I don't go to bed by 11 or 12, if it's later 
everything's effed up. Right. Like I you have, miss your slide, your cycle. Right. Like I got, I got to go to bed right now. Yeah. Uh, that's one of the hardest things about having children is, is that that gets completely fucked but up. But how do you, what do you, here's my biggest question for you. The most important thing you're going to say on the show. How do your eyes not look swollen? How do you not have like bags under your eyes? I have good genes. Fuck, man. I must have those Hungarian Romanian genes because like that's all I could think of. I don't even care about being a good actor. All I can care about is, God, please make my eyes less swollen in the morning. But that's your look. Like that's who you are. Who cares? I know. <laughs> I just hate like looking like fucking a I'm, golf I am exhausted balls. 95% of my life. No. Are you are you exhausted on set? Can you fall asleep on set? Not on like where you're I acting. I can't. I like... have an in, intense amount of energy. I'm tired a lot, but I'm on, like I'm buzz. I'm on. Like I'm not. When I'm working, I'm working. I rarely can take naps during the day. I, I don't allow. Again, that's one of the things that I'm going to work on this year mm-hmm. is allowing myself to switch off. Whether it's meditation mm-hmm. for five to yeah. ten minutes yep. or laying down and taking a quick cat nap, I need to be able to do that more. But I will be up with kids all night and then get up and have a full day and then like just do it again. But that comes with knowing that you have to. Like if I did that, try to do that 10 years ago, there's no fucking way I could do it. Right. It's because you know you have these little people that need you. Mm, these little people. These How little cute people. is that? They're little people. 6 a.m. They're padding into my room like, good morning. It's time to get up. <laughs> Squirrel. Skilo. 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 I wish I was a little bit. Skilo. <laughs> I find this so fascinating. Like, I mean, your career, do you, did, when you were doing Deadpool 1, mm-hmm. I remember when we had lunch at a, a Chinese, no, a sushi place in Vancouver. Mm-hmm. And we had a conversation about Deadpool and you're working with Ryan Reynolds and everything. I, I didn't know what Deadpool was. I, I don't know. I didn't mo- either. I, I know. I remember I was sitting there and I go, what do you think? You're like, I don't know. It seems he's great. Everything's great. Oh, great. <laughs> Let's, you, want, you want Unagi? Sure. Let's get Unagi. <laughs> you had no idea. Yeah. So... Were you absolutely blown away when you saw the movie? Yeah, I was. Did you think this is going to put me on another level? No. I mean, I still didn't know how people were going to receive it. When I was shooting, I was like, oh, oh, this is this is fun. Like, I'm having the best time. I hope it turns out great, you right. know? And then when I saw it, I was so blown away. And then when it came out and it was the hit that it was, I, I, I still sometimes can't believe it. The first movie, you didn't get paid much. I got paid okay. What's okay? I can't tell you. Why? Let me just ask you this. How long did you work? Two months? On the first one? Yeah. Ooh, on and off for two months, yeah. 200, 250000 I'm not telling you. I'll tell you later when the mic's off. $40,000. I the, have an the, ex-husband. If he knows how much I make, you know. The difference, between, <laughs> yeah, the difference between one and two. Exorbitant difference? No. I mean, a bit... Uh, a bump for sure. Residuals. At least tell me this. It residuals. Did you get more than three hundred thousand dollars residuals? Oh God, I don't know. Uh Jesus, I would have known. Well, I got a box office bonus. I got two. Ooh, those are nice. That means when the movie makes X amount, you get a bump. Yeah. And it makes X amount, you get a bump. You know how many movies I've been in? Never. I never got that bump. It's really hard. All of them. I know that's really hard. Never that's that rarely happens. You know how much I got paid for Guardians? Is it weird to talk about money? I don't care. I like it. It's just kind of fun because I think people want to know. Some people go, I can't believe he talks about like, but other people are like going, I want to know. I want to tell you what I got paid for Guardians. Get ready. I only worked a week. A week. Okay. A week. And I was unrecognizable as they put CGI all over my face, uh-huh. but it was my body and my mouth to make the three lines that I said. 15 grand. Amazing. <laughs> and I thought residually, I was like, oh my God. 
this is make this makes a this made a a billion dollars. I bet you I'm going to get so much. Did you get residuals? No, I did. But yeah, no, I mean, uh, right. So like people think that you get a lot well, of and, but they also and it, they dwindle. This is what people don't understand. It, the residuals go oh, down yeah. no, every no. year. Look, I'm was, I get checks from the OC for one cent. Oh yeah, I've gotten one cent checks. <laughs> but you know what is the thing? It's like people assume that you know you make a lot of money when you do Guardians. If you're a bigger actor in the show, if you're a sure, name, sure, sure. But like after the taxes and everything, well, I probably those, made five thousand. Those studios are great. really really smart. They're really smart. The they, way they do this they, business model because there's cameos, right? Mm-hmm. And the way they define what you're doing, you yeah. get paid accordingly. So even if it's Scarlett Johansson, if she's a cameo in one of the Marvel movie is like she may not get paid her rate. I mean, they do it in a very smart way. They do. And I also think nowadays they're like, you want to be part of the Marvel universe? Yeah. You want to be part of the DC universe? Right. Get on your knees. We'll pay you what we want to pay (laughs) you. Exactly. You're lucky to be in this movie. That's They have the power. They do. They do have the power until you say, no. Right. Well, that that is real power in this industry. And you know what? It is. Let me tell you something. It is power. Every time, anywhere in any industry, if you could say no, you mean it. You don't care. Exactly what I want. And but you know what? I bet you really meant no. You have to mean it. If you're fucking around trying to get more money, you say no. You're fucked. You're fucked. It only works if you mean it. And this is in real life. If you walk away, my friend wanted to quit UPS. He's like, you know what? Oh, no, you want to quit a subsidiary, if that's the right word, of UPS. Like something that's not UPS, but it's like P-U-S. Okay. Puss. Why did I spell puss? Sorry. Puss. puss. He's like, fuck this, man. They're paying me like half as much as UPS would pay me, and I'm fucking leaving. And I'm like, let me tell you something. If you really want to go and you're not trying to bust their balls to give me your more money, he's like, no, fuck that. I'm not getting paid this money. I'm leaving. I want to leave. I'm leaving. I go, if you really mean it, then d- then do it. And he's like, ah, and then it came out. He, right. he just couldn't, he couldn't, he couldn't do it. Yeah. So I'm like, I remember there's been those moments. And look, a lot of times if you have a family, if you're working, you know, you're making ends meet. Yeah. To say no is harder. But if you really mean it, if you really feel like, you know, they're not paying me what I'm worth and for, on principle, I really just. You and, and I had this conversation recently yeah. Oh, where yeah. Yeah. I was make, trying to make a deal and we'll, we won't, we'll leave it out at the studio and all that stuff. Right. But like. And, you know, I, it was not worth it to me. And I didn't. I didn't. I, that was one of the times I had to cancel on yeah. you. I didn't com- come out to L.A. Yeah. I, I didn't, you know, pitch the show I was going to pitch. You're like, like, fine. Yeah. Don't pay me. I, and it was fine with me. It was genuinely fine with me. I was like, I'm not. And it wasn't even. A, this particular deal point was not even about money. Right. It was about the power to make decisions and to 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 be a part of the development process. And I felt like if I'm bringing a show to somebody, I'd like to have that power. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Jess Whedon. Yeah. Joss. Joss. Jesus. I've never worked with him. That's why I fucked his name up. Um, he's brilliant. Yes, he is. I, I saw this movie Cabin in the Woods. Yeah, yeah. I fucking loved it. I was like, yeah. I want to work with this guy. Yeah. Do you ever think why why is he not casting me now? I did Serenity. I did Firefly. He was I in... do wonder about that sometimes. Yeah, it's actually, like, what, what did I do wrong? I was on Homeland. Well, but I was not nominated. only that, he's he he works with people over and over again. Uh huh. But I'm one of the only actors that he's never worked with again, which is Were you a bitch? No. We had a great time together. Joss. Marina is a a wonderful woman. She's such a good-hearted... You know this. Maybe he'll... I I think he'll cast you. There was one thing that he did call me for. It was a long time ago, a TV show that he did, but there was like a scheduling issue, which is why I couldn't do it. But that was it. I mean, this was like 20 years ago. Do you regret anything in terms of like turning down a job? 
There's, there's I don't think that, that there's you're... a job that I've turned down that I've regretted. It's really hard to say no to work when you, when you don't work a lot and when you don't know when the next job is going to come. Right. Um, and, it, and that still is hard for me. You know, I had to turn down something at the end of last year that was with a friend. Um, and that was, that is one of the hardest things to do. And I actually did like the script and I know that he'd been trying to make this movie for a long time and, but it just, the timing, it was like not right for my family. Mm, there you go. And, it, and I, in my heart, I was like, I feel like I'm going to go and do this to do it and not because I want to do it. And I, but I, I did kind of like, I could have seen myself doing it. I just, didn't want to put that much effort into it. I don't know. Like there was something about the time away from my kids that it, it was going to be too hectic and insane. I was going to be going back and forth and they were going to have to come and visit me. And it was like, and I was it's like, you know what? Chaotic. I'm just not going to do this it. This is going to be. And I had to yeah. turn a friend down and that was really, really hard. Really hard. You didn't turn me down when we did back in the day. I didn't. That was fun. We we made this little, it was under a million. It says on IMDb it was a million, but it was under a million. Mm -hmm. I think you could tell that when you were on set. It was just like, we had a girl's trailer and a boy's we trailer. We had one trailer for we had one, well, we, how, four women, five women? I think we had 12, 11 actors um, in the middle of nowhere with a crew that didn't know what they were doing for the most part, except some we brought from LA and they did, like Bradley and those guys. But I had we had to so fire the sound fun. guys right away. Yeah. But you did that and you were already successful. You're a successful actress. And I couldn't believe you actually did it. I remember we met in Greenblatt. Yeah. Yeah. And you, I go, you I read the script and I was like, this is hilarious. You just said, this is fun. Yeah. And I go, well, you want to do it? And you go, are you offering me this? And I go, fuck yeah. yeah. Oh my God, this really beautiful, talented actress wants to do. And let me tell you something. I'm not saying this. I swear to God on all that is holy. I really, on Jeb Whedon, nobody. I mean, the cast is great. I'm just saying nobody was a bigger delight than you. Oh, thank you. You were my rock. And I know Aww. that you guys went out and I couldn't. And I was so exhausted because I was the lead and I was doing everything. And I, I you know, but. You were so kind where you could have easily been like, what the fuck? He's a first-time director. He doesn't know what he's doing. And there were days when I didn't know what the fuck I was doing. There was a couple where I was like, I'm lost, need help. Right. Some good days where I was like, I'm good. But you were just a, um, I can't say this enough. I don't know if I ever told you, but class. No, you, you didn't tell me. But listen, a class act. Like, I think you kept me together. Knowing that my leading lady, a woman that I didn't even have to get to kiss, we didn't kiss on the We didn't? The movie. I don't even remember. No. We were about to in the movie. Oh, and right. We, we just, in, right, 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 right. I just remember going, she's a leading lady. She's in you know, a lot of scenes, and she's just so cool about everything. Waiting around, getting, you know, we got to fire the sound guys day one. Look, you uh, were just dynamite to work with. So, Joss, but go ahead. What? And this is how I know that I love doing what I do. Right. I get in a situation like that, and it doesn't scare me. If I was in a situation like that and you had been an asshole. Different story. Different story. But I knew that you were trying trying your best. You were great at it. You know, there were some questionable moments, but that's sure, okay. Of course. <laughs> oh my God. There's um, I question. But it felt good because we were creating something and it, you know, it, we were all in it together. And I'm like all for that. Yeah, you were. You were really good. I'm all in. <laughs> all the time. <laughs> if you guys haven't seen that movie it's called back in the day um it's a very sweet movie it was it was a really sweet very little funny. Film. and you just wanted to laugh you go i just want to laugh did. i do everything serious all the time i just yeah. want to laugh and we did it was a raunchy little lowbrow fun comedy. i laughed so, a lot we i have movie. outtakes you see on the end of the movie if you don't even if you want to fast forward through the movie look at the outtakes yeah of morena losing it remember there was some shit where 
I go, God, we got a breather over here. This guy. <laughs> and that laugh. Oh, my God. You laughed so hard, so loud. <laughs> and it was just, it was fun to be, be around. It gave me the strength, I think, to continue. It really did. Nice so I, I thank you for that. And I'll consider you. Thank you. I hope you'll consider working with me someday if I give you a script and you're, it's the time and your family Definitely. isn't compromised and it's a good script. Don't and, be offended if I turn it down. Yeah. I will not be offended. I'm kidding. But I wouldn't be offended. <laughs> no, I know that. But I know that about you. Yeah, I wouldn't. I'd be just be like, all right. I'd you'd, try give me, you'd give me a little bit of shit. I don't think I would. I'd be like, hey, here's the deal. You should do it because whatever. And I'd give you the spiel and I'd say, hey, this is it. And you'd have your notes and you'd go, hey, I love you, but I don't want to do it. Right. Oh, I got done. We're done. We're yeah. good friends. It's not going to yeah. be weird. No, totally. I know. And I know that about you. Yeah. I get it. Yeah. So all these roles you've done. You're married happily, it seems like. Ben's a great guy. Yeah. I mean, what do you – you say you love work, right? You say, mm-hmm. I love to work. Is that something that it, it, you think for the rest of your life, I want to act? Because I know you do other things, but like a lot of actors like myself, and I think this is what I get in trouble with, is like, oh, you know what? I want to write. I want to direct. I want to produce. I want to, And I spread myself too thin. Right, right. And I start to veer away. But I also told you that I, you know, I, I know everybody's – it's weird when people are saying, hey, you're good at something and you should do that and you make good money doing that. But then you're like, I don't really love that. Yeah. So I talk about purpose. I talk about gifts. Like you're yeah. you're given a gift. Yeah. But what is that gift? And you want to go to work. The goal is anybody out listening, you want to go to work with joy. You want to go, hey, how can I make a difference today? How can I have fun today? An element of, of fun and something that you really I think that is the biggest gift when you can go do something you really enjoy and love and so and I'm still searching for that and I think this is part of it this podcast but do you truly just love it I truly love it I truly love it it comes with its challenges for sure I would really like to direct one day I think I would be good at it I do too I think that I would really like to um, produce and I have developed and produced a little but nothing that's really gotten made um Past the developmental stage, development. I know. Stage. I remember talking a couple times about projects, yeah. and that's ever. Yeah. I mean, I don't know how many projects I've had that. It's I know. I mean, that's pending and then gone. This, yeah. If people knew the story behind how things got made, it's incredible. You right? spend so many hundreds, years. hundreds of hours, years, and years. nothing gets made, and you get paid zero. I know. So that's. That but you I, have that I do for. enjoy that. I do like that very much, and I like the control that comes with that. I'm very A type, and I'm very in. I like being in charge, mm-hmm. and I like that. And it's really interesting, you know, being a woman in this industry. I'm not going to say just being an actor because I would never, you know, just, it's not a bad thing. Um, but it's, there's more power in, in having, you know, to be able to produce and having more say. So you want to mix it up a little bit. I do. Do you ever get bored? Have you ever been on a, on a TV show? Like for instance, Gotham, do you ever just uh, go, fuck, I'm bored. I'm bored of this role. Totally. I'm bored of this fucking, I just I mean, who can do home. 22 episodes of a show? We did a hundred episodes of Gotham. Who could not get bored doing 100 oh episodes of something? It could be the greatest show on television. You'd you still know get people bored. who are listening who are huge Gotham. How would she get bored with Gotham? Well, it's not Gotham you're getting bored with. It's doing like the, yeah. that one scene for 10 hours where you're like, I've said this line 100 times. Yeah, I'm bored. I'm going to go home. It's 2 a.m. It's New York City. I'm freezing my ass off outside on the street. I want to go home. Yeah. <laughs> And, and that's, I think that's for and me. that's with anything. I life. don't have the patience anymore for like the, the idea of a nine to five job or nine to four, or 10 to five is, you know, I, I guess cause I'm older now and I'm just like, but the thought of 14 that's, that, that's hours That's what a network set, show is, by the way. It feels like a nine to five in a way. 
you well, know? Well, yeah. I mean, I don't know, man. I've had luck. I'm not say bad luck. I've just been on shows where I'm there 12 to 14, sometimes 15 hours. No, no. I don't mean the hour. I, I meant to say like a nine to five. I mean, it feels like a predictable. It feels boring. Right. Me. And I'm saying that maybe just a regular nine to five. I mean, obviously, again, it comes down to you make more money if you can land a show. Yeah, of course. You know, if you can. You can, It's yeah. very difficult and people don't realize it's like. Oh, I remember the first show I did. I think I talked about this. The Tom show with Tom Arnold ranked the 132 out of 133 shows. Oh my God. Worst TV show in, in <laughs> history. It looked like hell. But I worked with Ed McMahon and Tom Arnold. And I had a blast and brought me to LA. Mm-hmm. And I was like the fifth lead. And I remember going, I made it. I fucking made it. And after the first season, I'd walk on the street and i go, nobody recognizes me. <laughs> Nobody's looking at me. Nobody knows anything. And then I thought I made it. And I'm like, wait a minute. I think I got paid $2,500 an episode after taxes. I thought when you come out to California, you get on a TV show, you're famous. Yeah. But no. I thought I had the same experience. You're not famous until you are recognized in something that is successful. So by the populace, not Los Angeles. But that, you know, yes. But doesn't, don't, don't you feel like, now it's like even if something's not su- successful or whatever, yeah, it hurts a little bit or whatever. But you can't gauge success through not being famous. Well, your priorities being... change. That's you know you're talking Maybe. about the twenty year old you. I mean, that's a whole other person. When I Firefly was my first TV job, I had done like one independent movie before that, and I came out to LA and I remember shooting and being like. People know who I am? Like, no, nobody fucking gives a shit. And especially that show, which like <laughs> didn't really make an impact until it was canceled. And then, you know, people started watching it cult. after the fact. But you can, go to, yeah, you can go to those conventions and make money. Well, but and... now, I mean, it's crazy how many people come up to me and they're like, you were in Firefly, right? And I'm, I'm like, yeah. are you kidding me? That was 20 years ago. Isn't that something? Well, Smallville was 10 years ago crazy. when I left or something. It is. I'm very, we're very lucky. I know. It's, it's beyond luck. But I'm just thinking it's amazing. Like, I've talked about this before, so you could fast forward three seconds. But Dax Shepard says, you know, when he did Chips and the movie didn't do well, he directed it and it was the lead. He said, you know, if I would have went back and asked that little boy, a 12 year old boy saying, hey, you're going to direct a big studio movie right. and you're going to be the star. Right. Do you think he would have cared about how much money it made no. or how much all he would be like, wow, I get to do that. That's awesome. Because that's the inner child in you and the kid. And that's what should keep you going. Yeah. It shouldn't matter if this is a success. Shouldn't, success shouldn't dictate. <laughs> it shouldn't, I don't know. It shouldn't, you know, make or break whether you are happy about something like, oh my God, I'm, I'm not happy because this failed. Right. Success doesn't dictate your happiness. That's thank you. What you're trying to say. That's exactly what I want to say. All right, now we're we've come to a new thing on on the show. Uh-oh. This is brand new. Uh huh. Okay. Uh-huh. This is called shit talking. Okay. With Rosenbaum. Okay. My Patreon fans, right? They're part of Patreon. They subscribe to the podcast. So they get extra footage and stuff. So they have some questions. So I have t- I picked ten questions for you. Okay. Okay. Quickly answer them. You don't have to go on forever. Danny, favorite memory working in back in the day. <laughs> uh probably being in the trailer we were waiting around for something ended up not being needed on set um and kim kim watch a producer um she's like what can i do for you guys i'm so sorry there's a big delay 
were like vodka and a pizza. And she was like, okay. She's like, don't tell Michael. And we got, we had a bottle of vodka. Oh, you were drunk. I remember. And I didn't know what happened. Why you were. We got a pizza. And we had the best fucking time in that shitty tiny trailer with like five girls just drinking vodka and shit talking. And then we went to set. And we were very professional. We got the job done. I think you did. (laughs) Matthew J. Who made her break character more Ryan Reynolds, Deadpool, Nathan Fillion, Firefly, or Michael Rosenbaum in Back in the Day? No, don't answer that. It's not me. We're taking me out. Ryan Reynolds and Deadpool or Nathan Fillion and Firefly. Who made you crack up? Those guys are very similar. I'm going to say Ryan because he is so fucking quick on the jokes. He's so quick. It's terrifying. Leah S. What's your favorite memory or story from working on Stargate? I don't have a good memory of that one. Um, (laughs) Did you not like it? No, it was totally fine. Everybody was super nice. But I had to wear contacts and they fucked up my eyes. And I was really pissed. I like that that's your worst memory instead of favorite. Lee or Leah S. That's she gave you the worst memory. Yeah. The contacts. Yeah. The contacts. Sorry. The dry eyes really hurt. Yeah. No, it really, really hurt. Andrea W., if you had it your way in the Firefly universe, did Inara and Malcolm finally get together or would that have been a complete train wreck? They couldn't, those two would never survive together. Why? I mean, that's the beauty of the relationship. It's like moonlighting. You know, they you want them together, but they'd kill each other together. And then they would try again and they, they would kill each other again. And then they would try, you know, it would be like that. But that's, you, the, the yumminess in that relationship is that they will never fully be together. Angie. Hi, Angie. What would be your dream role character to play and why? Oh, that's so hard. There are so many. Um, I say this a lot as a joke, but I think I really mean it nowadays. Um, I want to be James Bond. There's nothing wrong with that. How about Jane Bond? Or James Bond. Yeah, fuck me. Why can't you be James Bond? <laughs> right. There are girls named James. Dude, I can see that. Because, you know... I used to want to be a Bond girl, but now I just want to be him. Dude, be James Bond. Jerry W., who in the filmmaking world inspires you and why? First person that came to mind. Because we're talking about Bond. Phoebe Waller-Bridge. I'm obsessed with her. Obsessed. Really? I, I want to do anything that she's associated with. Did you see Killing Eve? No. Amazing. Fleabag, Fleabag is incredible. I, I saw it. her do it live in a theater. It was so great. Oh, my God. Dion K. What was You it? haven't seen Fleabag? No. Dude, you need to see Fleabag. Really? Uh, yeah. Okay. You could crush it in a night. There's episodes yeah, short. Yeah, you could. Yeah. They're like 20 oh, minutes. Oh, it's not episodes. a movie? No. Amazon. All right. Dion K, what what was it that sold you and Michael pitched you the part in back in the day? Honestly, it was Michael. Like meeting you, hanging out with you. I I read the script and it was cute and it was fun and funny. But alone it wouldn't have been enough and like meeting you solidified it we had met years before i don't know do you remember that i was on set for um or maybe i've already sorority boys on the boat you were with another guy you were dating him yeah one of the guys on there and you were you know an asshole-ish 20 year old or whatever that whatever you were um thank you but it was when i re-met you and we like hung out and talked and so were you surprised that you're like wow i'm doing this no, I liked it and I wanted to meet you because that relationship is really important and you have to really trust. There's no way I could have done that movie without us trusting each other and mm. without me feeling like you had my back. And I trusted you and you trusted me. Yeah, yeah. I was. Yeah, and I needed to meet you and... and yeah, and you were attracted, you were attracted to me. Um, <laughs> Clearly. Nico. <laughs> Nico says, what charities or organizations do you like to support? IRC. 
The International Rescue Committee. I like that. Say, this has been Shit Talking with Michael Rosenbaum. I'm Mariana Baccarin. This has been Shit Talking with Michael Rosenbaum. I'm Raina Baccarin. All right, so what's going on now? What, what, are you, what are you doing now? Because you got all this stuff. You got a family. You're always working. I know you got Greenland in post-production. You got another movie in post-production. You're I've doing... got three movies in post-production. You have three movies in post-production. I just worked on... Uh, so Greenland was awesome action movie. Gerard Butler, nicest man I've ever met. Like, sweetheart. Sexy in person? Yeah. 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 But uh, like a, a big teddy bear. Like the yeah. sweetest guy ever. Um, Could you get him on the podcast? Yeah. He would do it, right? For you? I think so. For me? Why does he have to do it for me? Wouldn't he have fun? <laughs> yes, he would. I like I'll him. I'll tell him. I've always liked He's him. He's great. He's a really cool guy. He lives here? Yeah. <sighs> Come on. <laughs> you hear that, guys? Um, Waldo, which is a film noir comedy with um, Charlie Hunnam and um, Mel Gibson. Um, what was it like working with Mel Gibson? I didn't get to work you with didn't... him, but he's perfect for this part, actually. He's like an alcoholic, angry actor who kills his wife. <laughs> oh, my God. Well, good on him for actually doing that. <laughs> Um, which, and this is like, (laughs) it's based on a book and I fucking loved working on this so much. Uh, anyway, that was really uh, fun to work on. It was a stylized, you know, film noir kind of speak, but very funny. Do you feel like you have to change your, the way you speak when you're doing noir? You don't do this whole kind of thing to you. You can, I mean, it depends what you're doing with that. No. Right. But the cadence was really important and the. It was very wordy. The jokes were very wordy. So you have to kind of like know where you're going. Right. It was, it was tough. What else? What's the other project? Uh, the other project was called The Good House with Sigourney Weaver, who I have a big time crush on now. You worked with Sigourney Weaver? I did. For how long? A few weeks. Like scenes with her? We had like a dozen scenes together. Was she yeah. great? In. Were you nervous? Cre- yes. So my first day of work was her 70th birthday. God. And she is so beautiful and so smart and so powerful. Oh, yeah. And just such a kind person. Any emotional scenes? Yeah. Did you cry in front of her? Um, no. I, I, it was like a post-cry scene where like I'm upset and then I Did go to her cry? house. No, not in front of me. Did she say ever, Marina? This is really a- great job. Good scene. Yeah, she did. She did? I died and went to heaven. Like I died and went to heaven. Like, do you talk to her? She's like, hey, keep in touch. Yeah. Like, you could text her right now? Sure. You could text Sigourney Weaver and just say, hey. Yeah. Can you want to do it? No. You don't want to do it right no. now. It's so cool. <laughs> you know, there was a story where my friend was out with uh, Jack Nicholson's publicist, and he took her phone. They were playing around. He goes, she goes, goes, you have Jack Nicholson? He's like, yeah, he's a client, but like, I'm not his point person or whatever, so he doesn't know my... You know, I go, he goes, goes, she goes, no, 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 no. And he starts dialing it. Oh. <gasps> And she goes, no. And he goes, hello. And he goes, oh, Jack? Yeah. <laughs> and he hung up. He got so nervous. But that's that's awesome. cool, though. I mean, it's cool. Like, when you look through, sometimes I'm like, you know, I'll be, somebody goes, dude, is that Jason Patrick in your phone? I'm like, mm-hmm. he goes, the Jason? I'm like, yeah, Lost Boys fucking, yeah, he's a friend. We go hiking every week. He's a great guy. I don't look, you know what I mean? But yeah, yeah. he's right here. He saw yeah. my Lost Boys poster. I told him I, I actually. It felt it was a moment. It, it definitely was one of those moments where I was like, "Okay, like, I, I think I've accomplished something here." You know right. what I mean? Like she's an idol for sure. Idol for sure. She was the, like one of the major badasses. I mean, back and, in the day. and I, I still is. I 
heard that she really fought for me for this part. And Ooh. like, I really, truly like that, that got me. You know what I mean? I, I was. Do you feel weird? Like if you text her, have you texted her since the movie? Yeah. We, well, we've emailed each other back and forth. What What are the emails consistent? Some, like some, well, she very sweetly. And again, like so kind, did not have to do this. Emailed me um, just at the, on the, after they wrapped saying, you know, we just finished the movie. Miss you. You did a fantastic job. I had given her a bottle of champagne for her birthday after I realized that she wasn't drinking the whole time she was shooting mm. the movie because the movie's about an alcoholic and it's very, very emotional piece. It's based on a book. Um, and, and anyway, she was like, you know what? But I was so glad to have your your bottle of champagne. It came in handy when we wrapped in the middle of the night and couldn't get alcohol anywhere. anywhere. We popped your bottle of champagne. Thank you. And thanks for wow. for the, you know, the great job you did on the film. And I, I, you know, she didn't have to do that. And it's just a, she's a very kind person and very, very um, genuine, which was really nice to see with somebody such a huge superstar. Phenomenal Did career. you ever, ever think of maybe quoting a line from Alien? <laughs> no, but Not I asked one. her a lot about. Really? I was like, please tell me the if un- I'm annoying scene. you, but can I just ask you a million and one questions? You know, and she was very kind in answering most what of it. it. And also just some of, you know, I know some really random movies that she was in like death and the maiden which is based on a play yeah it's her and ben kingsley how about the uh, where she played uh jane goodall yeah of course uh, gorillas in the mist yeah yeah and interesting to hear her um talk about some of her frustrations in the industry and like all of that shit and it was just like i learned so much from her that's so cool it was really incredible but, and also a great project by the way like i'm very proud of that what's one. It called again the good house the good house mm-hmm. so like you got all this stuff you've got two kids you got a six-year-old and a Three-year-old. Three-year-old. You got Ben, your husband. He's on Broadway now. Yes. I've got my 19-year-old dog. <sighs> you got a 19-year-old dog. Good on you. I was just talking about my little doggy Irv, and he's going on 12, and he's, uh, you know, he's getting old. He's yeah. almost, his hearing's gone. People are like, why are you yelling at your dog? I'm like, he's I'm deaf. yelling because yeah. he can't hear. No, Rudy hits um, every chair in the house every day. It's really sad. Well, is he because blind the kids too? Are, he's blind oh. and the kids are, you know, they make a mess and they like after breakfast or whatever, the dining room table chairs will be everywhere. And he just like, if everything is not in its place, he runs into Does he it. get hurt? No, not seriously hurt. Yeah. It's just really sad. <laughs> this has been a real treat. What's your uh, Instagram and, and Twitter and your phone number for the fans? My phone number? My phone number is... <laughs> no, um, no. What's your Twitter and your Instagram so people can follow it's you? It's my name, at Marina Backrun. At Marina Backrun. Mm-hmm. Have we left anything out? Is there anything you want to talk about? I mean, there's a million things we could talk about. Life, anything. But you'll come back. Y- yes. You said you're going to come back and do the video. Yes. Right? Yes. I mean, this is, I've been waiting. I've been wanting to do this. I'm so glad you did. We were able to have a, a short dinner. Yeah. And talk about life. Yeah. I'm, I'm extremely proud of you. I'm so you. glad you're, I mean, you seem happy and content. And I know your period's rough. <laughs> you talked about that ad nauseum. But, you know, <laughs> look. You you know yourself. Yeah. You know, when yeah. you drink on New Year's Eve, the next two days you're going to feel like shit. Yeah. And when you mix in a I'm period with that, <laughs> you're going to feel a little bit worse, right? Totally. So give yourself a break. Say, hey, totally. I'm not feeling great and I'll bounce back. But I think it's really important to um, honor yourself. And that's a hard thing to do. To say, you know what? I'm going to stop drinking or I'm going to do whatever the thing is that I need to do to get myself feeling better. Yeah. You know. This has been great. Ryan, Jeff, fun? Yeah, great time. Did you take some good notes over there? I did, because you told me to take notes, so I took Yeah, well, notes. we could talk about them later. All right. Miranda Backen, thank you for allowing me to be inside of you. It's been a joy, a pleasure. I love you. I will always love you. I think you're one of the best out there, and um, 
I'll be calling you about Gerard Butler and potentially Scorny Weaver. So thank, thank you. Thank you, Rosie. All love right. you too. Love you too. I mean, I love you. Thanks for listening. Guys, uh, Morena Backrin, come on. She's just so fun to be around, right? Why are you just like, I don't want to just hang with her all night? Yeah. I did, great. actually. Yeah, you did. I left and you guys were still hanging. Yeah, we had uh, dinner. We FaceTimed her husband. There's nothing like lonely single guy hanging out with a beautiful Brazilian bombshell, FaceTiming her beautiful husband, Ben, who I love. It was cool. It was, it was neat. And you can see how much they love each other. And I like this interview because I've been trying to get her on the show forever. And she, when you're married and you live in New York and you're constantly working, you know, the last thing you want to do is say, Hey, will you come on my podcast when you come out to California? And I was like, but she was cool. She found like, Hey, I'm coming out. Do you want to do this podcast thing? I'm like, uh, yes, let's do it. So she came over, we got food and it was a nice time. I want to talk about the fans of the show and people who listen and, and how much it means to a lot of people out there that are listening. And if you're listening, it obviously means something to you. So I will say that, uh, some of these people who write these emails, I read them and, um, this is, uh, from Greenville, South Carolina. Billy says, uh, I love the podcast. It has something for everyone. It's fun hearing everyone's stories, including yours. I'm glad that you do this podcast as therapy for you. It's very inspiring to know there are people out there who generally want to do good. You might just be one of my favorite people in the world. Laugh out loud for real though. You're doing an amazing job, amazing things. And I hope you get to a point where the podcast and touring with the band is all you need to do. Keep kicking ass and saving the world out there. Live, love, and be happy, dude. Well, I thank you for that. You know, it's hard for us to always say thank you. Here's another letter that I just really think is cool. It's from Mary Ellen. And Mary Ellen says that she was a special education teacher for several years and has a special place in her heart for kiddos with ADD and ADHD. Hmm. Rings a bell. And listening to the interview with Laura Vandervoort, I'm feeling energized and inspired to go back to school after a break and really help my fifth graders to become the shining stars I believe each child can be. This has been a hard holiday season, and I've been wasting a lot of time. You reminded me I needed structure, or I'd get lost in the dark, depression and loneliness. I am planning on going to Denver to see you and Tom in July. I've never been to an event like that before. My son who lives with me and who introduced me to Smallville last January when I was going through chemo thinks I'm crazy. But I really like the message on the t-shirt that you posted on the Patreon site. I have to write my own story, and it's not over yet. Thank you so much. Much love, and God bless. Miss Mary Ellen, elementary school teacher. I mean, when you hear that stuff, you're like, God, I did something awesome. Like, I, I did something that affected someone else, man. It's, uh, it's, it's, it's cool. Like, kids need attention. And when you have ADD and no one knows what to do about it, you still need care. You still need love, or you're going to... You're gonna, be effed up. I'll tell you that. Now a shout out to my patrons. Thank you, patrons, patrons for joining this Patreon. Uh, it's amazing. Um, and thank you for the support. I hope you're enjoying it. Good stuff to come. Here's some uh, shout outs to Lee S. Barry I. Dion K. Come on down. Lauren G. Wiz. Jill E. Yeah. Robert B. Yeah. Jason WWW, Angelina G, Lee, Kevin R, Trisha, Nancy D, Bobby B, Nico P, Yukiko, Jerry W, Taylor B, Emily, Sarah V, Emma H, and Vortex. Good old Vortex. Thank you, patrons. 
for making uh, life better, making the, the podcast better. And uh, we're growing, man. We're getting the video out soon. Um, we have to set it up, and then we're going to start interviewing people. I hope uh, the guests like it because they're getting, they're getting filmed, Ryan. I, I, you know, Some people go, well, what if they don't open up as much? Then we'll get rid of it. We just got to. We got to give it a chance. You got to. You got to. All the kids are doing it, and I think it's going to be neat. I might have to dress a little nicer, but maybe in the cuts, you know, uh, I could look a little. Uh, you know, maybe the shots can all, all be on the guest. You could have this be your uniform. You know, this could just be your sweats and a t-shirt. Yeah, I never seem and to get out of this. Hat. You know, when I dress nicely on the internet, you know, when I put like, oh, look at this, this is from a photo shoot. People are like, Rosemont, you look so good. You look so nice, and I could tell they're saying, stop dressing like a fucking slob, dude. I know that's what they're saying, and they're right, but I just, I'm colorblind, and it takes a lot every day to go, am I matching? I don't want to deal with this. I'm going to wear sweatpants. So you wear sweatpants because you're colorblind? I need a woman who would just accept sweatpants, whether we go out to a fancy restaurant or not. Hey, I want to remind you guys that the Inside of You store is still around, and we still sell a lot of stuff, and I don't promote it a lot, but we still got great hats and great freaking mugs. I love the mugs. We got shirts. So uh, go to the Inside of You store. You'll even see Left on Laurel, the band that I'm in, uh, you know, you'll you'll be able to see uh, all our merch. We got crazy fun merch. So if you feel so compelled, I think that's about it. Thank you so much. We got great stuff coming to you. Great. Next week's guest is going to blow your freaking minds. I know it. Let's uh, end this with a little bit of a a song from the Left on Laurel album. I don't know. Let's go with the ten. Welcome to Talkville, the ultimate Smallville rewatch podcast. Guest star Sarah Carter as Alicia Baker. Although I didn't really work with her a lot. But Tom did, and they had some real big smoochy scenes. Yeah. Can we talk about that? Could there be any more sex? What was a three-page makeout scene that just kept going? Good Lord. We get it. They have chemistry. Jump in now or catch up on any of the past seasons of Talkville on YouTube or wherever you listen.